TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, by my champion mindset co-host, by my side, Marcus Pierce. <laughs> Lawrence Tam, good to hear your voice. We're a bit rusty, mate. We haven't spoken to each other in a while. We've been on our own little sojourns. You've been away in New Zealand on a business and family trip i've now moved up to byron bay so it's good to hear your voice live on the air again well it's good to hear that uh the internet's it's still working in byron bay and uh that we're still getting the same connection uh, that we are when you were in victoria even better up here mate even better so tell me how did the transition go uh regards to the move from victoria to byron bay well, as as moves as big as moves can be, I would uh, I would like to say that this move went very well, relatively smoothly. Uh, no speeding tickets on the way up because we're very safe drivers. No damaged goods on the uh, on the truck. We had Sarah's parents stay up here for a week. They've only just left. The kids are in good form. The weather's great. Ocean swims in the morning. Uh, the weather is very different to that of Victoria, and uh, I must say, I'm very happy to be here. Cannot oh, that, complain one bit. That's one of the reasons why I live in Perth. So uh, it's it's the weather does change everything. Now, we're, in this particular episode, we're going to talk a lot about change and uh, how do we deal with change? Because change is happening all around us every single day, every single second of the day. And uh, whether you like it or not, some people don't. Some people just hate change, and uh, and uh, some people love change. And so this episode is going to be dedicating on how to deal with change. As Marcus has gone, his family has done is really that's a massive change. Moving is. Moving a house is a big enough change for most people, but moving cities to a, a town um, that you don't even know—I well, guess you don't. Your family's not even there, and moving across the you know the country to do something like that is uh, is massive. So uh, we, we thought we'd dedicate a whole episode on dealing with change because I don't know where you guys are at uh, in terms of. Uh, listeners, because some of you will be dealing with change per- professionally, uh, some some of you are dealing with change personally, and I think that uh, the strategies around that is um, the same thing. I don't think it changes whether you do it professionally or personally. It's a matter of how we deal with it as, as a human being. So, Marcus, tell us what were some of the challenges that you think come up when you're dealing with a change, like you know, for you, example, moving uh, yeah, to a sure. new city. Cool. Well, I mean, I was thinking as you, as you were just talking, I'd say change does happen to everyone, doesn't it? So um, we can't avoid change, but how we deal with it is a really big thing. And as you were saying, and, and as I was saying that the move was, was quite, um, you know, as, moves, as big moves can go, it was a fabulous move. However, I did say to Sarah last night, after the first couple of days of, of the whole family being here, um, so, so my father-in-law Rob and I drove up, we arrived on the Sunday night, unpacked the truck on the Monday and Sarah and her mum and our two kids flew up on the Tuesday. But I tell you what, come the Tuesday night and the Wednesday, after all the unpacking of boxes and all the stuff, I was absolutely beat. Um, and I realized, I realized that amongst all of the change, I was so uh, fatigued that um, I really noticed my patience, like my patience levels. I'm a pretty patient person, um, but I noticed my patience was really, was really low. Um, whether it was with the kids, I'm not one to, I'm not a, uh, I mean, I'm a loud person by nature, but I'm not a, 
I'm not like aggressive with kids or anything. It's not like I yell and scream at my kids or anything like that. But I just noticed that if um, if Mayo got upset at something or if David got upset at something, I just didn't seem to have the same level of detachment that I normally would. Um, if little things happened, I would find that I'd be a bit more irked by it. So I noticed that with change that it was fatiguing. Mm. Um, and I know most people go, well, you know, that's okay. Like it's normal. It's It's a big move and I'm not saying that it's wrong but I did notice that part of the response that I had to the change was just a level of fatigue and and I slept a lot. In the last week, I really did uh, sleep a lot and that's something that I've found difficult to do because I'm probably a bit like ULT or I'd say you and I are probably a bit similar that um, we, we like our sleep but we also love our late nights and getting stuck into things and you know, love a bit of cave time when the kids are down and being able to do some work without any interruption whether it's before they wake up or when they go to sleep. Uh, but during this process of change, I decided to scrap all of that and just sleep uh, as much as I could. I was going to bed at eight thirty at night and waking up at about five thirty in the morning. Well, I think yeah, you know, I think one of the things that happens, the reason why you get fatigued, is because you know you're you're burning your uh, adrenals. I mean, your adrenals are going crazy, and uh, you're going to end up in a position where you're um, fatigued and you're using energy that you uh, normally wouldn't use up, and so you burn out the reserve. And uh, Jeff Sensor talks about this: how you know when we use up a reserve, we got to spend that time to spend the time to recover and it doesn't have to mean that you get it all in one day um you do it over time so you know you catch an hour here half an hour there and it's a cumulative um sleep process to accumulate that um energy back to help to make sure that you have that reserve so that when another stress comes along in your life that you're able to handle you know the lion attacking you so um yeah it happens all the and time and i think of i think of as you're saying this lt i'm thinking of like you know, there's good change, isn't there? Well, well, I mean, you can't really say that change is good or bad, but there are things that happen in our lives that that are amazing. Like I'm thinking of when you have kids, right? Mm. But that very process, especially your first child, it's very new. Like mm. it's very new and it's very fatiguing. And when you're talking about the adrenals, I'm thinking, holy moly, like any parent, mum or dad, especially that's had a first child, would know that as amazing as it is, that need for sleep Mm-hmm. is just intense. Mm. So, And then if you think of just as a change overall, like that need to just give to yourself, whether it's change that feels good or change that doesn't feel good, like that need to give to yourself is just massive, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. I remember, I mean, I, that, that, that was a, 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 it was like a marathon. You know, the very first, when Kai was born, I think I was out <laughs> of action for like nine months. Um, you know, and honestly, I didn't I think do it. you've spoken about this, haven't you? Yeah, you've said that you guys just went into a cocoon almost just to like, pretty much get your head around the whole family dynamic change is that right oh pretty much like i mean i took three weeks off and i thought i felt like a two days you know and and three weeks off wasn't a three week off like anybody who's you know anybody who hasn't had kids before you you know you've heard this many times but trust me no one can prepare you um for you know kids I don't, I don't care. The books, the books don't do it. The, other people's stories no, don't do exactly. it. No, exactly. It's a very experiential thing and that's all there is. I, I, still, I remember when I went back to practice um, after uh, Kyle was born and I said to, you know, clients of mine and I said, why did you not tell me, you know, childhood, uh, you know, parenthood is like this? And they said, he goes, no, there's nothing I could have said 
um, that would have prepared you anyways. And so, and I th- always took that on board because it's so true because you can't prepare someone on childbirth. You can't prepare them for um, what they're going to expect and, and the sleepless nights and, you know, because you can't, you just have to experience it. And so I but think, I a, think yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, was it lesson in itself that, you know, there's certain things that you just have to experience that you can't, no one can explain, you know, um, certain things. Like, I mean, I went to New Zealand, for example, um, and, uh, you know, I was traveling in just a beautiful country. Now I can explain to you how great it is and how beautiful it is the sights that i saw and stuff but really that only doesn't justify it like you Uh, really have to kind of be there and see it for yourself and experience it to really get the feeling um for yourself whether or not you know you get that it's 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 an experiential thing and so um yeah we had a rough time for the first uh i would say first year um you know a lot of sleepless nights she was just a very um uh, just a challenging child. <laughs> <Let's say that. laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I love that, uh, that she, she, you know, she's fantastic. She's a wonderful, wonderful girl now. And, um, but it was a really challenging time. But I think for us, like we, I didn't do a single thing. I like, honestly didn't, I went to work and I came back and dealt with that. I didn't yeah. go to a, sing- I mean, I was a seminar, not a seminar junkie, but I went attended yeah. seminars. I did a lot of personal yes. development stuff. And literally yeah. that whole year I just took off, um, didn't go anywhere. We didn't, uh, go travel anywhere we didn't do anything and uh, it was mo- one of the most stressful year i've ever had and uh, i made a, a vow <laughs> since that time um to say i'm never doing that year again so which i said <laughs> i am taking holidays every three months and uh and having a, a vacation every quarter uh and then we have to, which you guys have heard this um when i've said this before and it was because of that reason because uh, you know through experience and uh, through those challenges i actually learned to create a life that I want to live now because of the challenges I went through. So I think that's what change does is that change forces you to evaluate uh, your current situation um, and whether or not the, the challenge for us is to be able to not get stuck in the change and being, you know, a resentful for the change, but it's more like, okay, well, how can I do it better next time? Or how can I do it better? Yeah. What can I learn from it? And I don't yeah. see it as bad thing. Anything is like, it's almost, no, I'm not saying, you know, this is, bad to say this it's like any failure really like any failure that you go through in life it shouldn't be a failure you shouldn't view it as a failure it should be feel viewed as a lesson what lessons do you learn because otherwise you're going to repeat that lesson sooner or later well that's it i mean as you're saying it i was thinking there are people out there that can make the story that that was the worst year ever and then, and then that story just becomes bigger and better and bigger and better but as you said the other side of it is well what what can I learn from the first year? And it's fabulous, but it's very um, uh, unique. It's not the word. It's rare, LT, that many people would put such an empowering like they would go to the empowering flip side of that change mm. and actually go, well, draw a line in the sand. Never again are we going to experience that year as a family. We are going to nurture our family every twelve weeks. We are going to incorporate these other rituals that you have. And you obviously saw it. For, you saw the value in the lesson. No matter how hard it was, you saw the value in the lesson. Um, but can I just come back to one other thing that you said? In that you said that no one can prepare you for the experience. Mm. And this is something that I just want to touch on because, whilst you know, all parents you know recognise how powerful it is to you know see a new human being born, particularly if it's a child. There's the other side of change on the other, you know, the, the flip side of that is dealing with death mm. and death I'm sure, see, I haven't had anyone in my life like super close, when I say super close, I've had uh, grandparents pass away but haven't had 
you know, touch wood, anyone, you know, no sisters, parents passed away. But I'm sure uh, without any shadow of a doubt that nothing can prepare you for the death of a loved one um, except for the experience itself. Nothing anyone says, nothing, no books on grief or death or passing or anything. Just like the books on birth, nothing can prepare you for an event un- except for the experience itself. Mm. It, death is, uh, is one of those uh, changes that hits us hard. It depends on, I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether it's quick, like, you know, a sudden death, like the unexpected, or um, something that you expected. It's still hard, right? And um, it is very challenging. And that change is very difficult for a lot of people. And I think we've got to, all got to go through that grieving process. And I remember doing a podcast on this um I'm not sure which show we've done. <laughs> we've done so many shows. It could have been on the wellness guys. And um, but really, at the end of the day, change. I remember this is something about death that I thought is kind of interesting. Is that when I dealt with death the very first time that someone was close to me, which was my grandfather, um, when I was um, probably when I was about I would say 13 years old, and uh, and he lived with us at the time, and uh, he passed away. And I remember this was about year five, and I remember. Feeling like, like sure, as a kid, at thirteen, you kind of understand. You kind of understand death, but you don't really understand. But it, you're mm-hmm. old enough to kind of know what was happening. Does that make sense? And, you know and, that he's not there anymore. Yeah, he knows it's not there anymore. Yeah. And and you, you sort of saw the grieving process of everybody. You know, your parents and the relatives and how everybody deals with death differently. And uh, and I, I I'm Asian, so I'm Chinese by background, and and it's amazing to see how different cultures um, uh, deal with death. And so, let I me mean, look at if you look at what's happening at the in the current current, current affairs situation right now is you know with the with the uh, plane that's gone missing you know three seventy MH three seventy that's disappeared. And if you look at the the footage, um, or, or even also the ferry that just you know tipped over in South Korea, and you look at how the relatives act in the Asian culture, uh, I was discussing this with someone, and you watch the Asian culture. I mean, they are literally like like they the relatives are screaming and pouring out their sympathies and just like almost like fainting right and that's how they dealt with it and when i was a kid exposed to that and that's what i saw um i grew up in a in, in a catholic uh, um, family so but my all my relatives weren't and that's how they dealt with death they you know they were wearing white and they were um they were you know screaming their heads off and screaming at like you know the you know, I don't know what they were screaming, like screaming at. Screaming in anger? Like, you mean? Yeah, it's just like, like it's just just like crying, like bawling their eyes out and f- like full on. Like what do you see in television is exactly what happens in a in a in a, a very Asian traditional Chinese um funeral. And so where, you know, as a kid I grew up in more of the, you know, uh, Catholic um um realm which you know, where in the Western society where you know where we're black, which is the complete opposite, and we hold our emotions. You know, yeah, you know, during yeah. funerals, if you look at, you know, most Western society yeah. at funerals, we hold emotion. It's silence. It's not, you know, you hold your tears, you buck up. And it's really yeah. weird. It's like a total <laughs> opposite. It is so strange. But think about this, right? Think about this. I don't even know how this is, how we got on this topic, but um, it's, changed, but it's, it's, it's changed. changed. But if you look at different cultures have different um, values of, of dealing with this, because if you look at Western society, right? You know, in funerals, we're very quiet and solemn, and you know, we respect the dead and respect the, what's going on. And but in in our normal day to day life, we are full of emotions, aren't we? Right. Whereas the Asians, right, in everyday life, they don't have oh. any emotions. 
right? Yeah. They're very, very, you know, subdued, straight. very straight. They're very, they don't, they don't, they hold their emotions, um, you know, especially the Japanese or, you know, like it, it, it's just, it's weird, isn't it? But yet in the contrast, the it's almost like they need to release yeah. their emotions. Um, in the, in the sense, I just thought it was weird to have that contrast. Um, and I was having a discussion with someone. Um, I think, so I don't know how we got on that topic, but well, does that just kind of show that really there's no right or wrong, is there? There's really just all these. There's just a lot of differences. There's lots of shades um, to dealing with change, but that is exactly. fascinating, RT. That is. is truly fascinating. Yeah, and I think that's right. And, and so I don't think there's one way to deal with change. Um, some people deal with you know by pouring out their emotions. Some people deal with by you know closing up and 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 just move on with it. You know, and so. Is there a right way? I don't think so. I think that like you know, some people get busy and some people sit on the couch. That's and right. Do nothing. But I do. And who think, are we to say that there's a right way or a wrong? But way? But I will say this though. I think is that if you with something like a change happens and you stay in that state though for for extended period of time that is not productive for for you to be in that state, then I think there is something um, that needs to be said about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, particularly, oh, of course. Particularly if it starts. Um, negatively affecting others. Yeah. And you've got accountabilities to others. I think that's a really important thing. Just as a side note, um, I've been listening to Up for a Chat quite a bit recently. If you ever want to see how someone really, you know, has dealt with massive change, I think Karen Smith's story, uh, which she's really put in detail in her book, uh, but speaks about a lot on Up for a Chat, I think it's sensational because all of the changes that she had, losing a fiancé to suicide and then attempting or expecting to commit suicide herself and then losing friends in the Bali bombing and all kinds of change after change after change. Um, You know, if you want to really, you know, learn how other people deal with change and big change, I mean, stuff that really I would never wish to go through myself. But uh, Mm. you can really learn a lot about change by listening to others. I mean, even just listening to ULT right now, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you know, how am I when people die and am I more the person in black or the person in white? I'm definitely, I feel like I'm neither, to be honest. And mm. I'm, I'm sure there's probably people listening at the moment that are going, well, yeah, how do I deal with like that big change? Well, it's, um, it's, you, well, it's uh, you know, talking about death, it, you know, for me, this is how I deal with it. I don't know if it's relevant, but I mean, for me, like recently over the last, say, five years, you know, I've dealt with a lot of clients who have passed away. Um, oh, wow. You know, people that are close to me in terms of clients. I mean, I had a, um, a baby that was, um, I think he was about eight weeks old, nine weeks old, and he had a, uh, a, um, a congenital disease, unfortunately, um, and, and unfortunately he had a SMA. Um, I can't remember what it stands for, but he had this muscular uh, d- disease, but basically his muscle shuts down. Um, it was a genetic, wow. genetic disease, unfortunately, and uh, he basically, they knew he was going to pass away. Uh, he could live maybe a maximum of one year, but he passed away within eight to ten weeks, and it was really sad, um, you know, but he had a beautiful life of the life that he actually had, very short, obviously. Um, but, you know, also I had a, a, an amazing uh, woman, Tammy, um, who was a client of mine who, you know, was just one of the most wonderful per- person in the world. And she referred me to so many different clients. She just talked about um, what, how chiropractic had helped her. And, and unfortunately, she did develop brain cancer. I had a brain tumor wow. just suddenly. Like and we're talking, like she's in her forties, um, late forties, and 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 died very, really, really suddenly within six months. And so, you know, one of those things that you know. That changes when I went to you know both those funerals. Um, I look at that and go, you know what? 
I reflect on myself. Yes, it's all sad, and obviously it's really you know it's it's sad for the family. But I also I I take it as you know what I'm going to serve this as a lesson. Um, I'm going to serve this as a lesson for me that life is short, and I need to go after what I want to go after right now. And that's how I see it. I flip it to 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 my advantage uh, to my life. And literally, like right in front of my computer right here, um, I have this little blue stone. Um, that blue stone was actually um, given to everybody at that um, the little boy's funeral. And just to remind me to always have that there, just to remind me to focus on that. You know what? Life is short. You got to go after what you what you want because you never know what's something's going around the corner is going to come up and how it's going to change your life. And um, don't wait. Don't waste another minute. Don't waste another second. And uh, to help you push push forward. And sure, we get sidetracked by other things and you know day to day things and emails come through or whatever. But I think it's it's important to have a reminder once in a while to kind of hold tight that you know what. Life is short. Appreciate the people that you're you're around. Um, you know the people who support you, your family, your friends. Um, say thank you to them. Say I love you once in a while. Um, you know, and always you know um, to to go after your dreams and go after what you want. Because if you don't, I think this is when we start to lose focus on um, getting ourselves in mediocrity, mediocrity. Because mediocrity just really means that you basically do the same thing over and over again, and and you know expecting a different results. But more importantly, that you don't go after it yourself. Like no one's going to change you. Like, let's face the fact, no one's going to force yeah. you to, no one's going to, like, if you want to climb the summit, and this is what I tell my, my, my coaching clients now, it's a, if you want to climb the summit, like, I'm, I'm there for you, I'm a Sherpa for you, right? But I'll carry the heavy load for you, but at the end of the day, you still got to climb. Yeah. Right? And you still got to do the work. And I was walking, watching the documentary of Sir Edmund Hillary, who was the first man um, with Tenzin, those two climbed the, uh, Mount Everest for the first time, uh, first people to ever do that. And you know what? They still had to do the work. Right, you know, they had to put in the hard yards to 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 carry themselves, fight the challenges, and to create change, and to allow others to 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 to, to do the same as conquer Mount Everest. And I think, you know, if you want something in your life, if you want a goal or a dream, you're gonna have to do it. Like thinking about it's not gonna come. Like that's one of the the problems with the movie The Secret, right? I love the movie The Secret when it first came out, but the problem with it is that it, you know, and we you, all did. Then we kind of realized that there was work to be done. Yeah, there's work to be done. I think that that's the the problem with the secret is that yes you need to think about it and it will come but the thing is the second part they didn't tell you was that you still need to do the work right thinking about it is the first point but then the second part is you still have to do the work and no one's going to do it for you wow lt there's so much wisdom in there there's so much wisdom and uh you really you really got me with a few of those stories of clients that have passed away i mean i was just writing down here that that you know death particularly allows us and change as a general rule, but death particularly allows us to feel life at almost a deeper level. Like mm. you said, we've still got the, the distractions of the day, whether it's emails and phone calls and the rest, but change allows us to take life to a whole other level, doesn't it? Whether it's a birth or a death or a, or a career change or something within the family or you know whatever it is, but there's a, a different level to life when change is... Um, upon us and I think that's the great lesson of change isn't it that it's asking more of us or asking us to uh, look at our life uh, reflect and whether we're prepared to go deeper well let's face the facts right the fact is is that at the end of the day right the truth is is that we're all going to die Right, that's the secret. Like, it's not a secret. Like, we all know that that's going to happen. That's the only terminal disease, isn't it? The terminal <laughs> right. disease of birth is death. That's right. And so, you, you, you we know that that's going to happen. And the, the the problem is that we don't like to face the facts because it's usually so far away. And yes, for I hope that it's far away, and to allow you to do what you want to do. 
Um, but the fact is that you just never know when something around the corner is going to hit you or something around the corner is going to take over you or it's, it's going to happen. And I think that, you know, I think it's important to remember to do this once in a while is to reflect upon it reflect upon what are you here for? What are you doing? Um, what, how are you going to move forward? And what, what is your contribution to the world? What's your legacy going to be like? And the, so the couple of podcasts we did was called the 90 day reset. I think it's important to do a 90 day reset once in a while, you know, yeah. do a reset to kind of say, you know, what, where are my goals? What did I do right? Or what did I do wrong? Um, in this month's, uh, these, this quarter, so I can actually reflect upon to how do I make the next quarter better? Cause if you don't have a system to capture that, you're just going to go through the whole year and you're going to wait until December 31st or January first and go oh yeah oh man like i never achieved those goals that i wanted to do this year right because you just yeah. you fell into the flow of everyday life your everyday life is governed by everybody else right and i'm guilty of this as well right guilty by you know the the news is going to guide you how you think um the way your work is guiding you the way you you know the direction that you're going to move towards what you have to do and accomplish that day and you know you're governed by everybody else everybody else's schedule everybody else's um um you know response and you got to respond to them like for example like i mean i decided for for the first time i unplugged for 20, 48 hours right 36 48 hours or so like i literally just unplugged i said i'm not checking emails which is pretty difficult for me right so yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody knows me, it's pretty difficult i was on holidays so I, I checked at night time but i just said no i'm gonna just unplug for like literally 36 hours um and and i did that and um i didn't respond to any emails and unfortunately the, some of those emails like you uh, are we recording tonight and i'm like oh yeah forgot about that <laughs> uh, came through and anyways but at the end of the day there was no urgency like you know there were certain people that needed something to answer but you know what? It could have waited a couple of days. And sure, there's emails I still need to get to today. But it doesn't matter. Sometimes you just need to unplug just to reflect and go, man, do I need to just stop running on everybody else's time? Is that they need to start running on my time? Yeah. Right? And so uh, and it's hard. And, and so, so I think once in a while, just have that reset button so that you can reflect upon um, how you want to move forward in your life. And also, why, why, you move, why are you in life? Like, what is life about? I think it's an important question to ask. I know it's a big question, and you probably need to spend some time reflecting upon it. Well, I need to say something on this one. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go for it. Well, it ties in with something that you mentioned earlier when you said when you're talking to your clients uh, that, that you're there to help them climb the summit and you're the Sherpa. It would be remiss of us if we didn't talk about change, if we didn't talk about this on our podcast of change, that we have our major event of change coming up in August, mm. the Wellness Summit. Yes, and for people that have been, they know what it's about, and it's going to be bigger and better this year uh, over two days. But if you're listening and you are craving change, and you are craving direction, and you are craving taking your life to a deeper level, I couldn't think of anyone better, like LT and the rest of the Wellness Couch team, to do an event with and and climb. Like you said at the Wellness Summit, you know, a summit does take time and effort to climb. That's why it's not just a three-hour event, but um, we cover everything at the summit and uh, we cover all levels of health. And this year, we've got the great uh, legends, Stuart Hayes and Rich Sayer from Careers Unplugged to join us as well to really take our professional lives to the next level as well. But if you're talking about change LT and, and how to actually add that depth, I couldn't think of a better event to attend than, than the summit. Well, I think one of the things is, you know, the lesson there is is that by being part of something like the summit is not about the change will happen because of you. And what we're there for is to provide you all the content and um, the, you know, the inspiration, the motivation, or just the, the stimulus or the catalyst. Yeah. The catalyst to be able to, for you to have that change. Now, the thing is, is that though, is that by 
being in an environment, like having it live and being there and hanging out with people like-minded like you um, is what actually causes change to happen in the first place is because you start to realize that you're not alone. And, you know, sometimes it feels like you're the only person who's going through what you're going through, and I get it. Um, but the thing is, is that it's not true. The truth is, is that everybody's going through the same thing. Everybody's going through some similar challenges. You just, you know, might be in a different situation, but it's same, the same, um, uh, the outcome is exactly the same. The result that you want is the same, which is basically change. Change for the better, not change to get worse. Change for you to transform yourself into um, moving towards the goals and dreams that you desire and so by being in an environment immersing yourself in an environment like that is allows you to realize that there are people around you and you actually start to meet like-minded people but more importantly you might meet some friends um, or colleagues that will allow you to help you in that journey and that's yep. that's the that's the benefit of going coming come to something like the wellness summit now i need to mention a couple of things here because i know there's people listening that haven't been and want to know more if uh you know you're interested in coming to the summit must go to the Wellness Couch website, thewellnesscouch.com. Sign up to be a member because we're releasing a special two-for-one uh, tickets to the summit to members only. Um, and you also get the video. That you also get a video of the presentation that LT made at the summit last year when you sign up for membership. Um, if that wasn't enough, you can also listen to what Cindy O'Meara, Kim Morrison, and Karen Smith presented at the summit last year on the Up For A Chat podcast, which were released in January this year. Um, the wellness guys, Lawrence, Brett Hill, Damien Christoph, recorded um, a live podcast from the summit last year. So if you look at the wellness guys from August, September last year, you'll see their podcast there. And Damo and I on 100 Not Out just recorded a podcast all about this year's upcoming wellness summit, which was released this week. So if you're interested in the summit or you know you're coming and you just want to know more, listen to 100 Not Out from this week, but also go and sign up to be a member at thewellnesscouch.com. So yeah, so go to wellnesscouch.com. Now let's leave this podcast by giving some quick, quick strategies. Basically, I think number one is you just got to expect that change is going to happen. That's period. Like that's that's it. I think that's yeah. really important that you just know that change is always happening with you. Your skins are changing. Your cells are changing every single day, every single second of the day, and you are constantly changing whether you like it or not. It's happening without, with or without you. Um, number two is that when you accept that change, you know, when you know and accept that change is going to happen, then you get to be the person to steer that change. You get to be the person to view the change as either positive or negative, and you need to be the person who kind of guides the ship. And when you can do that, then you can actually guide the emotions around it. And so that's pretty much the summary of what we've just been talking about. And so I hope you've been getting a lot out of this particular podcast. And like always, please go to our Facebook page um, and like it there. Let's uh, let's crank up the uh, Facebook and uh, on Inside the Champion's Mind. And so, go, like I said, uh, with Marcus, what he mentioned about the Wellness Couch, go and sign up for the Wellness Couch. Uh, become a member, and you get the free videos and uh, those other podcasts as well. But you also get a, an update um, really shortly. I think within less than a week, and you, it's only for a very short period of time. It's very limited. And so you want to make sure you be on that list. And we're only announcing it to the people on the list. Um, as always, also to subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, give us a five-star rating um, and also leave a review as well. So this has been Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. This is Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. See you on the next episode. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.